Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And we are here today to help you reach your goals. And uh, we're going to give you some tips because I assume that a lot of people that listen to this show probably have made some New Year's resolutions that involve seafood, particularly increasing their own seafood consumption or the seafood consumption for their family. And uh, we have some tips to help you reach those goals and maintain them throughout the year. But before we get into it, I want to remind everybody, as I always do, to please subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen so you can get every new episode directly downloaded onto your device as soon as they become available. And follow us on Twitter at AquademiaPod. If you want to contact us for any reason, do you want to sponsor the podcast, be a guest, have topic suggestions, whatever the reason, you can fill out our online form located at globalseafood.org slash podcast. And if you enjoy this episode or enjoy the show as a whole, we would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. That's right. And uh, make sure you stay until the end because we're going to be introducing something new that we're going to be doing uh, with the Advocate online magazine at the end we'll talk about that but um, enjoy this episode of aquademia and we will talk to you at the end welcome to the aquademia podcast our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways we desperately need to eat more seafood this is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. All right. How are we doing, guys? Doing well. No guests this week. That's just, true. Just, just us. The, just, the, just the three of us. Yeah, we wanted to kick off the year with a just the three of us sort of episode and wish you all a happy new year because I don't know if we actually did that. Last no, we we started off the year strong with a actually a very popular episode that's doing very well. Uh, talking about FIPS. If you haven't listened to that yet because you're in the throes of the holiday season, go catch up. Check out that episode. It was really good from last week. But now we are here to officially welcome you back to Aquademia for 2023. And we are doing that with a little discussion about some of our own resolutions that we made. I know a lot of people think that New Year's resolutions are kind of like a, a gimmicky thing or, or they don't really participate in that. But I think it's good to have goals and this is a great time of year to kind of like set those goals for yourself. And one that we've said in the past is, especially Maddie has, has made an effort to really try and increase her seafood consumption. But it's something that we want to do is really try and in, in include seafood more in our lives. It's It sounds weird because it's such a big part of our work life. Um, but we really want to walk the walk a little bit more this year and, you know, support our industry and, and support our own health and our family's health by eating more seafood. And so we have some ideas, tips, tricks, and stories that we can discuss to help you achieve that goal and maintain it throughout the year and hopefully further into the future, right? Maddie, did you, this was kind of Maddie's idea. She had this brilliant idea. Is there anything else that you want to say before we kind of start talking about it? One thing that we were just talking about before we started recording that Sean mentioned that I just feel like is cool. I mean, it's not necessarily unique to the seafood industry, but what's cool about seafood is that not only are we like, is the industry producers of seafood, but we're also consumers. Like each individual person is also a consumer, which is why we feel like these tips, even though you might already know all of the benefits of seafood, maybe you could use a new recipe to try 
to incorporate into your life or like some tips on how to get your kids to eat seafood or things like that. So that's what we are here to do this week. Yeah, and we did recently um, do an episode. I did a bonus episode at the end of the year last year. Again, if you were in the throes of the holiday season and you weren't listening to the podcast, check out some of the back episodes from the last couple months of 2022. We did do a bonus episode with a couple nutritionists, uh, Barbara Ruse and Sherry Clark, about um, getting kids to eat more seafood. That's always a popular topic, and we just kind of had them both on to talk about that. So make sure you check that out. But Maddie, what is your seafood resolution for this year? So I want to try new seafood recipes. And I feel like, so I was doing a little bit of research, and something that inspired me is to include seafood not necessarily as the main dish but as an ingredient to other things so like putting it on salads which is something that I've been doing more of or like Mm. putting it on a pasta dish like grilling up some shrimp and then putting it on pasta like that sounds so good yeah so I want to incorporate it into meals that I'm already making just we do salads we'll put tuna on salad sometimes and that's Mm -hmm. that's pretty good like to add a protein yeah just a can of tuna. I mean, it's cheap. It, it costs very little and it's super easy. You don't even need to cook it or anything. Just open up the can, drain it, and just dump it on your salad and then drown it in dressing. <laughs> dressing of your choice. Do you know, have those- like that also saves, I feel like it saves money because you're using less of it as mm-hmm. you rather than what, what, how much you would use if it's the whole dish. So Yeah, and you could do like, there's canned salmon too, right? There's other canned fish besides tuna that would be good on a salad as well. Justin, sorry, you we didn't mean to. No, I was just saying there's, I mean, Shad knows this very well. Pre-COVID, I would always just bring my uh, crackers and my, <laughs> yeah. and, my, and my tuna fish and that would just be part of my lunch, probably what, like three or four times a week. Yeah, I think by 2019, Justin was like, 30% Trisket and tuna. If you are what you eat, I would be a really good swimmer. <laughs> no, yeah, those 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 little packets of the tuna with, that are like pre-flavored, they have like sauces yep. in them, mm-hmm. um, are super good. And uh, yeah, those are really good for salads and stuff too. So Ma- Maddie, exactly. try that yep. out. I like the, yeah. uh, I like the, the one with ranch, which was the, what's that one, Justin? Ranch. Oh, that sounds good. Is it just ranch? Yep, it is. Yeah. Well, I've said before, and I'll say it again, that all, any and all food is really just a vessel to get ranch dressing into your body. That's my philosophy. So um, that's we that found your new nickname. That. You're down with your hosts, Captain Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All, all right. right. <laughs> uh, Justin, what about you? Did you make any seafood related resolutions? Yes and no. I. I mean, I've talked about this before on the show, but I. I do a really good job of getting probably more than my the amount of servings you're supposed to eat the minimum a week. Recommendation, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I surpass that. I I just and that was never the case until I started working here, and then I was opened up to this whole new seafood world and a whole these new world. exactly. And it was like you know the the sky the the clouds lifted, the sun came out, and all of a sudden I just had like an insane amount of options of different types of seafood to actually try and so i think over time it became like i'm gonna try this and then you try something twice and then before you know it you're asking yourself like well how do i cook it so i don't have to just order it at a restaurant or whatever my big venture this year and courtesy of my wife who bought me everything i need to do this hopefully successfully at home is i'm gonna be making my own sushi 
Mm. Yeah. So I am a huge sushi lover, and there's just so many different ways that you can make sushi rolls, whatever it is, and there's whatever type of seafood you want to put in it. That's the option. So now I'm going to be able to explore a, a whole new world. If you want to sing that part again, Sean, and no, that's all right. And, I won't. Uh, <laughs> I won't subject our listeners to that again. <laughs> but I'm re- I'm really excited. I don't I don't know what the cost factor is really going to be. I mean, see, as sushi is not one of the cheapest things that you can buy to incorporate seafood into your diet for sure. And I have yet to buy enough ingredients to last me a while to kind of make that calculation in my head but do you think you'll need like a external like a freezer like a separate freezer to store that stuff or is it like not frozen like you need to uh, this is my plan so i wanted to get into this later in the show but i'll just kick kick it off right now i i took my wife uh signed us up for a sushi making class that's how all this started and that was Mm -hmm. Probably early December, a few weeks before Christmas. And we took this sushi class with um, a chef out of Portland, Maine, uh, Chef Alexander Herzog. He founded this sushi truck. It's called Great Wave Sushi. Huge shout out to him. He makes really creative sushi dishes. It's really creative and it's really, really tasty. But he taught me all these techniques at his class. And uh, he gave us suggestions on where to go up in Portland, which isn't too far away from my house, on where to find whether it's tuna or whatever type of seafood you want to put in your sushi. He told me like what he does and how he, what he looks for the quality and all that stuff. And it just got me really excited to figure this out. Right. I I mean, I really struggled with rolling a sushi roll so that it was really tight and looked as nice and the display is not there, but the taste was. So anyway, so in 2023, that's what I'm going to be trying to work with. And, you know, if Steve Hart is listening which I'm sure he is. I'm Hi, curious to ask him if he uh, makes sushi as well, and he'll have to give me some tips. I feel like he, yeah, I feel like he would be into that. Um, maybe the bees can help fund this hobby. If you can sell enough honey to, you know, pay for the sushi hobby, then it'll all, it'll all be like self-contained. Yeah, I'd and then Erica won't that. have to worry about that. <laughs> In an ideal world, that's what it would be. But most beekeepers would tell you they're pretty poor. And I'm one of those poor beekeepers. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, for me, we just, we're kind of in survival mode all the time, having three kids that are five, three, and one. So one of our goals was just, we just want to try to have more family dinners and not have like the kids eating on the coffee table in the living room while we eat standing at the countertop. Uh, and part of that is like, planning our meals better and and scheduling dinner times and and uh you know choosing healthier options and more balanced diets and it just to increase our overall health and and mental well-being as well so um we're just kind of going to try to focus on getting seafood in for two meals at least two dinners every week so that's kind of what we what we committed to. So, Maddie, you started this off because this was your idea, and you found some information about kind of ways that that people can help support these types of resolutions. Can you kind of talk about some of the stuff you found, and then I will go through a list of five suggestions uh, for people who want to incorporate more seafood this year in their lives. Sure. So, I will. One thing that I wanted to go over because I feel like it's just a great reminder for everyone in the industry. It's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Is that because we're all all consumers of seafood also, 
it's good to just like have a refresher on why seafood is so great and why we should recommend it to our customers, to our friends, to our family. So we want to arm you with tips and tricks and like facts that will help you when talking about seafood to people that might not know these things. So how can seafood help start your new year right? So as you might know, seafood is super low in fat and calories, and it's packed with essential vitamins and minerals like omega-3 fatty acids, selenium, zinc, and B vitamins. And all of those things help boost metabolism and support a healthy immune system, which is a lot of those two things are usually a portion of people's New Year's resolutions is losing weight and being healthy. So it definitely supports both of those things. Mm -hmm. And it's also it's nutrient dense, right? And that's a big that's a big deal because what you could eat a whole lot of one thing and still be hungry later because it's not nutrient dense for like, you know, carb stuff and and it might fill you up right now, but then half an hour later you're going to be hungry again. If you're eating really nutrient dense foods like fish or shellfish or even like fruits and vegetables are super nutrient dense. So if you eat more of those, you'll stay full for longer and seafood is very nutrient dense. So that's that's another nutritional aspect of it if you're if we're looking at weight loss you know if you're looking to control your calorie intake and similarly to that seafood is really high in water content naturally as you would probably guess so it also actually keeps you hydrated so it can keep you full and hydrated which i mean what's better than that both of those things are just the best here's a fun fact related to that that people might not ever think about because you're not crazy like me but when I used to work at the aquarium, we used to do a lot of marine mammal stuff. And I was like, I it popped in my head once and I was like, I should probably know the answer to this. But like if marine mammals live in the ocean and their bodies require water because they're animals, how do they like they don't they can't drink the ocean water. Right. And um, I just it kind of dawned on me that all of their hydration comes from the food that they eat and the fish that they eat. So that this it's like it's just another way to think about it, like how fish can hydrate you it's i mean it's the sole source of water and hydration for animals that live out in the ocean so that's just to back that up maddie i just that just reminded me of that i always thought that that's was so true that's, you don't really think about that kind of stuff right yeah you definitely don't or yeah. i don't at least um so some other fun facts about seafood is that it's also relatively low in saturated fat which means that it's really good if you're trying to pursue heart health And seafood is a big part of Heart Health Month, which is February. So that's coming Mm -hmm. up if you're listening to this early in 2023. Um, So another thing that I wanted to talk about is seafood on a budget. So if you want to eat more seafood during your year this year, something that I feel like is a myth about seafood, because a lot of times when people buy seafood, it's at a restaurant. People think seafood is so expensive. But there are a lot of ways to get seafood on a budget. And since there's such variety in seafood, like there's so many different species to choose from to eat, that also means that there's a huge variety in price points. Mm -hmm. So some of the species that tend to be on the cheaper side are tilapia, salmon, shrimp. And like I was saying earlier, another way that you can save money is by not using the whole serving in one meal. So you can like add it to different meals throughout the week. And that's a great way to save money, but also still eat a good amount of seafood. And that's a a great way to do that is to buy frozen 
products. Um, you know, we talk yes. about it all the time. Frozen products in, nowadays, it's just as fresh, if not fresher, than what they call fresh seafood, aka thawed out seafood, or or just you know recently caught. But a lot of times, that stuff is flash frozen as soon as it's harvested, and like that, that's as fresh as you can get. So if you get a packet of frozen fillets or frozen um, clams or or scallops or something, then um, you can take out just take out what you're going to use that day and leave the rest in the bag in the freezer. Uh, so that it lasts you longer and buy, you know, you buy in bulk and it'll, it'll last you a lot longer that way. So I think that's a good tip too. Justin, do you have anything to say before I get into my stuff? No, I think, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yes. Yeah, well, yeah, actually. Uh, I think the last time we did an episode like this, we, we talked about, I mean, you were just talking about how f- frozen seafood, some people may get confused about that nutritional value that's, that's in that. And like you said, because it's, flash frozen like right at its freshest point it retains all of that freshness and it's not just seafood that's the same with vegetables and mm-hmm. and other things depending on when they're frozen they maintain or retain all that nutritional value and i think that that i didn't know that until my wife who's a dietitian was like no this is yeah it is okay to buy frozen yeah i we buy most of the stuff we buy is is frozen um and unless it's produce that we're going to have right away. I think that this is really something that, and, and because it comes up all the time on this show, we end up talking about it all the time. And I end up telling people all the time when I talk to people, you know, when, when people find out that you work in seafood, they always have all kinds of questions and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, this is something that always kind of comes up in conversations that I have. I feel like this is something that the people in the industry could, should focus on a little bit more when we're talking to customers. When we're, you know, if you're a listener right now and you work for a grocery chain or a distributor or a food service or something, I feel like this is uh, something that is a, a real, easily approachable conversation for your customers that you can explain it in a way that is not, that won't like rile them up. You know, we have a lot of conversations here in seafood about stuff that uh, gets people riled up. Like when you talk, when you try to tell them the, the, positive aspects of tilapia go back and listen to the tilapia episodes if you want a little ammunition for your tilapia conversations but there's a lot of conversations that kind of get people's emotions going but i feel like this is something that is really basic and understandable and would definitely be helpful for people who want to eat more seafood but are hesitant to they just want to buy the fresh stuff from the case when really they could benefit a whole lot more from getting a big bag of frozen product if you can help them understand that that's just as fresh if not fresher so that is my recommendation to people who are listening who are in the industry which is most of you and um i I feel like this is a a good message to send and and to educate your consumers on if you can find a way to do that um sorry we're not trying to we're not we don't want to steer people away from the seafood counter no, at no, all. No, not at all. Right? At all. If you're if you're planning on, hey, I'm going to make this this seafood dish tonight, then that's probably your best option is to go to if you know what it is in the seafood counter, your your fishmonger, whoever ha- has that, get it. Yeah, and you don't need to worry about thawing anything out, and it's just ready to go. Great option there too. Yeah. The idea is if that's not the case, if someone's at the grocery store and they say, I'm not going to make fish tonight. Mm -hmm. I wasn't planning on having fish until Thursday. So I don't want to buy this because it probably won't be good by then, but I don't want to buy frozen because I don't think frozen is, is good quality or whatever. 
Um, so I'm just going to not have fish this week. Like that is what we're trying to avoid. I, I think it's important for people to understand that frozen seafood is a really, really good option as well, in addition to the fresh stuff too. So um, I just, I, I think there needs to be more of an emphasis in the industry on that, in the, in the marketplace. But that's me as that's, that's my perception as a consumer. So did you have, uh, what else did you have, Justin? No, that was it. I kind of threw us on a, tan- a tangent with the frozen thing. That's all right. We're good with that. Yeah. We're good at tangents. It's funny because when I was preparing for this episode, I came across this blog like from a seafood website and repeatedly in multiple of their articles, they were talking about only buy fresh seafood. So it's something even within the seafood industry that is a pervasive message. Yeah, so it's, I'm you know, it's, you it's one of those things. It's like, I feel like it's like this, not, not the same argument as when people are like only buy wild caught or only buy farm raised or don't buy this don't buy that like i i I feel like the entire idea of pushing people to completely avoid something overall as opposed to like looking at options and making the best decision for you and understanding what goes into each decision so like that's really i feel like kind of a problem in so many areas where people say only buy organic you know, only by handmade products or something like what, but sometimes there's a benefit to having products that are made by machinery and you get that consistency. So like every industry faces this kind of thing. Right. And, uh, I feel like every time you see that messaging, like never buy frozen, only buy fresh or only buy frozen, never buy fresh. If you see that somewhere, like you need to take that stuff with a whole shaker of salt and just like decide for yourself and educate yourself. Uh, I think that's really super duper important. Uh, and my message to our listeners who are mostly within the industry and in, in the production or selling side of things or distribution is um, maintain a balanced narrative about the high quality of your products and, and make sure that people understand that frozen, frozen is just as good as fresh and vice versa. Um, that's all. So I found that it's nice to talk about all this stuff, but people <laughs> like to be told what to do (laughs) sometimes they like action steps uh and they like things you know they like to be told steps that they can take to reach their goals as opposed to figuring out on their own so we have some tips to help you get more seafood in your life this year and the first tip is buy locally might be kind of hard to do if you live in a landlocked area you're not anywhere near any sources but you know there may be some local farms that sell local stuff or um some smaller businesses that bring in seafood from the coast and then sell it locally. Um, do you guys ha- know of any local places around you that you can buy seafood at? That's a silly question. Sean. Well, you live in Maine, so. <laughs> but Maddie, I so sometimes I go shopping at Whole Foods, and they have. I know that this is something that they try to do at all of their locations, as they source locally as much as they possibly can. So. If you have a Whole Foods near you, the odds are that they'll have locally produced seafood, which is really cool because even though it's a national chain, they pride themselves on making mm-hmm. local products accessible. Yeah, one thing that I wanted to check out, I'm probably I'm the most landlocked of the three of us. Um I mean, I'm still mm-hmm. only, you know, 45 minutes from <laughs> the coast, but um <laughs> essentially, I can't just go down to the docks and get some local seafood or I don't really have like the little seafood shacks that uh that are right near near my house. So most of our food comes from the grocery store, but there is a farm in town that is a pretty big farm. It's like 
they're like a commercial farm and they sell a bunch mostly i think mostly corn and maybe some some beef but they sell like commercially but they also have a, a farm stand like a local farm stand and they have these cards that that they have some connection with local fishermen out of the east coast here that where they come like once a month or something or twice every other week and you can sign up basically what is the the farm share what's that called and up uh csa yes they have like a like a csa type program uh for local seafood and it and it it emphasizes like these are local fishermen the the seafood is being caught locally or produced locally and um so i I might look into that because i think that would be a cool way to support the local industry and i know we're not trying to make this difficult for listeners like you said sean that just kind of want to be told a direction but i think it's worth pointing out that the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic really forced these small fishermen to get creative on how they distribute their catch. Yeah. And they had to look at different ways. If restaurants were closed and they weren't um, selling their, their catch to the restaurants, how do they reach consumers that want it? And there's a lot of things that came to light in the three years that we were through this mess. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth some research depending on where our listeners live to see what new opportunities might be in their area that allow them to get fresher seafood than they were able to say you know prior to 2000 what 20 2019 yeah great example of that is when we spoke to emily selinger from emily's oysters and she was delivering she was delivering oysters to people's doorsteps Um, good point but you know it's interesting because i think when we say when we focus on buy locally buy local seafood to me, I, I see that as more of supporting your local seafood community mm-hmm. um, and businesses because you can get like you can, especially after the pandemic. I mean, you can contact small businesses in the other side of the country and have them ship you product and it'll be there in a couple of days and it'll be fresh and, and good to go. So like you can support small businesses from anywhere these days, but supporting local companies probably reduces cost a little on shipping and reduces you know, all the environmental impacts from that, but it also yep. supports, it's pumping money into your local economy and, and supporting the, the local uh, producers and, and sellers in your area. So I think that's a big, big part of that. All right. The second tip is try something new. And this is kind of Maddie's, oh no, the next, the next tip is, is lining up with Maddie's better, but this one is try something new. Um, and if you want to get more affordable seafood on your table, lesser known species are the way to go and there's so many different things to try just go to your grocery store and see like go to the frozen case because they always have like pre-made things that are frozen you can get like you know stuffed clams and all these other things that maybe you wouldn't think to make yourself and uh try something new what's have you tried anything new lately justin uh i have but before i get into that i think what spoke to me and this just came in my head is uh Social media is really powerful, and a, and some people may be hesitant to try something new until they've seen it, not necessarily even tasted it, but have seen how it can be prepared, what sort of dishes that seafood could go in. And I think, and unfortunately, I don't have actually have any examples. Maddie, you're more of a social media whiz than than I am, but I follow certain chefs, especially local chefs around where I live. They're not necessarily cooking seafood i'm also a steak lover so there's a lot of um (laughs) things that i follow on my my account that that are in that direction but i think sometimes it's really powerful to just see some of these really tasty dishes that people create 
even if I look at that and go, geez, that looks a little bit difficult. At least I'm having, I'm seeing these visuals and saying, okay, I think I could attempt this. And sometimes it's worth a, worth a go. Sometimes you need that little inspiration to kind of venture into new territories. Yeah. And if you social media can help with that. And a great way to try something new, if, if it's economically feasible for you is to try it at a restaurant because, um, I know for me, I'm not super comfortable cooking anything and trusting that it's going to come out very good just because that's not a a skill that I have really developed. Um, So if I'm at a restaurant and I see something on the menu that's seafood that I haven't tried yet and I can afford it, then I I, I like to try things from restaurants because I know that the chefs are going to do a good job uh, preparing that in a way that it's going to be delicious. And then you may realize, oh, my God, I love, you know, Persebis. So, you know, you never know. All right. Next tip. Oh, Justin, you got something? Nope. Not yet. I'll wait till. I saw you. I saw you take a big breath like you were ready to. (gasps) Raring to go. Okay. The next one is experiment with cooking methods. Maddie, what are you going to try to do to try some new cooking methods? Well, the first thing that I'm going to do is I found this really easy, delicious looking recipe. And it's just you cook up some shrimp. You cook up some pasta, some asparagus, and put it all together, make yourself a nice dish, sprinkle a little Parmesan cheese on top. That would take like 10, 20 minutes to make, and it would be super delicious and good for you. Mm-hmm. What are you saucing? I was going to say, anything? what kind of, it needs a sauce. I, I, I got to have a sauce. No, I don't think it needs a sauce. With shrimp, I like either really buttery sauce, like shrimp scampi, or mm-hmm. like a creamy sauce. Oh my god! I gotta say, my one of my favorite smells from the kitchen is when I'm starting off cooking, and you put that that bit of butter in the pan, and it sizzles and kind of slides around like it's on ice, and then you <laughs> dash the garlic in there, and then when those two um, things mix, that like aroma that fills my kitchen. I mean, a lot of a lot of dishes require like butter and garlic, right? But see. <laughs> But that just when that starts, it just it really gets gets me going. But anyways, Maddie, I didn't really answer the question. But to Sean's point, a light something light that you could put on that. Oh, not to tell you what to do or anything. I but. feel like just <laughs> olive oil would be. You could do that with olive oil. Yeah. yeah. So have you ever had flavored olive oil? Yes. Like truffle. Like like garlic. Yes. So or garlic. So we discovered that cooking fish like fish fillets or fish steaks in the air fryer is like mm-hmm. it results in an amazing piece of fish we we sam has been doing this a lot um with like salmon she'll set it to broil and she'll put a couple salmon skin on in there and it stays moist on the inside but it gets crispy on the outside and it is like the perfect um, it's it's cooked perfectly very very quickly in the air fryer and then she just makes a couple vegetables puts it on the side and it's like it's super fast and it's really delicious. And uh, I think that I feel like that's uh, something that is approachable for a lot of people. I think a lot of people have air fryers these days. So, yeah, I was going to ask you think that's more of a that's more popular in kitchens or, or home kitchens, like a microwave? I think at this point, we don't yeah, have one, I, think, but. I think it's fairly, I think a lot of people have them at this point. The last couple of years, it's kind of been one of the number one christmas gifts and stuff so i think i think a lot of people have them and and don't really use them to their full potential you know even us like we there's so many different things that it can do and we kind of stick to like chicken nuggets and french fries and, and wings but you, you can do a lot more in them than uh than just that 
and it does have a broil setting that works in my opinion it works better for fish than in our oven so that's you know a different way of cooking maddie do you have an air fryer you should try it so we have this toaster oven which claims to be an air fryer also mm. but it doesn't really work oh. false claim <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one, and I got just got two more tips. Uh, make friends with your fishmonger or local seafood seller. Justin, this is something that you you know you talked to, to that um, mm-hmm. that chef who taught you how to do sushi. Like he probably has a lot of context. He gave you context for like where you can buy stuff locally, right? If you establish a relationship with that person, that's that's really gonna get you uh, a lot. It's gonna keep you the involved. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna keep you thinking about like what you can do with seafood and, and probably try new things. Cause they'll probably make recommendations for you. Yeah. And I think that's, that's like my next, my next step to where I am in this, in my seafood adventures. <laughs> I think I've gotten over the fear of trying new things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was either bought at the grocery store or tried at a restaurant, but I've never got involved with, I mean, cause I can, kind of be intimidating because if you don't know a lot and you're like, okay, well, there's the local fishmonger and I don't want to ask like a really silly question that I should know, but they're there to to help you Mm -hmm. and they want to, and so utilize that. So I think I don't do that that often. So I think it'll be exciting this year to see what I learn and maybe I'll be able to report back like mid year on how things are going. Yeah. It's cool creating those relationships. I remember when I was in college, we used to go down to the docks in Rhode Island and we would show up with like a case of Bud Heavies and trade it to the fishermen for a couple of lobsters every once in a while. And one time yeah. they were like, well, uh, I don't think we can give you guys any lobsters today. <laughs> but we had we did catch a couple of monkfish and they gave us some. That was the first time I tried monkfish. You guys know how much I love monkfish. They gave us a couple monk monkfish fillets or steaks. And mm-hmm. we cooked those up and it was and it was delicious. And so that got, you know, having that relationship and their recommendations got us to try something new, too. So I think it's just it, it it's cool to do that, you know, find who is supplying seafood in your local area. And this goes along with uh, buying locally, supporting your local community and just figure out who it is and talk to them and say, hey, I, I work in the seafood industry, too. And I want to see what you have and what you recommend. And like, I want to, you know, I'm going to come by every other week and, and see what you got and get something. I think that's a really cool relationship to foster so and then the last one that we have is is get some education learn up (laughs) find a way to learn up on seafood either in your area or that you are interested in like justin took this sushi making class Mm -hmm. um you know there are plenty of opportunities like official opportunities like the future leaders program from nfi and stuff that we've talked about but there's also like local stuff i mean if you look in your local community there's probably cooking classes and things like that that you can learn just learn more about it or go take a tour of a fish farm or a processing plant. Like those places do tours sometimes. Like, you know, there's just ways that you can learn more about what's going on in the industry and, and it'll open your eyes to more opportunities. And I think, I mean, that's really all I have. We've been talking, we've actually been going for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think whatever brought the listeners to this episode, whether you're a subscriber and you just listen to all of our episodes or the episode title, which I don't know what it is yet because we're recording it right now. (laughs) But whatever the reason that brought you to this specific episode, I think we did cover a lot. And it's important to know whether you your resolution was to eat more seafood because you know the health benefits or you want to lose weight or you want to go a little bit further than you did with seafood from the from prior years, whatever the whatever the reason is, um, two things. One we want to know if this episode helped you 
So reach out to us. You you know the the form that I always talk about in the beginning and the end of the episodes. Let us. You don't need to have a topic suggestion. Tell us something that sparked your interest. Something that we talked about that you tried. We we do want to hear from our listeners. But also, from my personal standpoint, you know, I'm talking. I've talked about how seafood is just integrated in my weekly lifestyle, and that isn't something that just came overnight, Mm -hmm. like any resolution, right? Whether it's, I'm going to go to the gym. You know, I think if you looked at the statistics of these local gyms, you see uh, maybe January and February, their new membership rate is really, really, really high. And then come March, everyone's like, well, not everyone. There's, There's a dip. There's just a natural dip of people who just either gave up, it was too hard, or they went too big too soon. And they, and they, they overdid it. I think if there's anything you can take away from this episode, whatever it is you want to accomplish, try to stay consistent. Mm -hmm. I think it's building up that pattern of behavior that's going to sustain you for a longer period of time. I've heard that it takes 21 days to develop a new habit and have it be part of your regular routine. If you're you're looking to do do something weekly, uh, it was going to take a lot longer than that because this is, you know, Mm -hmm. unless you're say, I'm going to eat seafood every single day, <laughs> then it's going to take longer than that to to really establish it as a regular part of your weekly diet. So, um, you know, don't get discouraged. L- look at some of these tips that we had and, and let us know. Um, if you are making resolutions to do this, you know, we're here to help you with accountability. So take a picture of yourself, take a selfie with your seafood dish or with your local fishmonger or whatever you're doing. Uh, post it on Twitter and tag us, and we'll we'll share that and make sure that you know you will help you hold yourself accountable to your goals. Uh, Maddie, do you have anything else you want to say before we make our announcement about what's coming? Uh, what people can expect? No. All right. So one cool thing that we are implementing this year is uh, something called Advocate Sessions. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners are aware that GSA not only has a podcast, but we also have an online magazine called the Responsible Seafood Advocate, and the editor of The Advocate is James Wright. He's been on the podcast before. We've talked about him many times, uh, and it's just chock full of some amazing articles and really informative stuff that I think our listeners would really enjoy. If you're not already a regular reader of that magazine, I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing that we're going to do to make it approachable and make sure that we get more information about this out is every other week, James is going to come on the podcast with me. Just it's going to be a quick 10-minute conversation talking about some of the articles that were that came out in the past couple of weeks, what people can expect uh, for articles coming out in the next couple of weeks and just kind of having a discussion on what's going on. These aren't really news updates for the industry, but they're talking about a lot of the other resources that we have in the advocate and some of the really cool stories behind those articles and the writers and stuff like that. And it's just going to be a cool little behind the scenes insight into the online magazine. And I really think you're going to enjoy it. They're going to be quick takes 10 minutes or so, you know, they're going to be like, take 10 with Sean and James, and it's just going to be really cool. So look for that every other Friday, starting this Friday. So in a couple days from now, it's going to be kind of an extra episode in your feed, but you don't need to subscribe to anything new. So make sure you check that out. Please let us know what you think. If there's anything you'd like in addition to that, it's just something that we're trying out, but um, we're really excited to get going and doing that with Jamie. So do you guys have anything else before we close out? I just want to make sure that everybody knows that the Advocate Session episodes won't be taken away from our 
current our normal schedule. Like this is in addition to our normal weekly Wednesday episode. Yeah, it's like a spinoff series. <laughs> yeah. Well, if that's if that's all we got and you guys are all set, I will go ahead and say thank you so much for listening to this episode and we will talk to you next week. Folks, that was our conversation about New Year's resolutions related to seafood and getting more seafood in your life in 2023. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. And I hope you're excited to check out these advocate sessions that we're having with James Wright. I know I'm excited to get going on them and share that information with all of our listeners. And uh, if you want to get a head start, make sure you go to globalseafood.org slash advocate and read some of those articles ahead of time. All right. Remember, if you're not subscribed to Academia, wherever you listen, please go ahead and click that subscribe button. So every time a new episode comes out, including the advocate sessions they will automatically be downloaded onto your device as soon as they're available and remember to tag and follow us on twitter at aquademia pod anything from this episode that you tried and want to take a picture and tag us in that we'll make sure to repost that give you a shout out uh also if you want to contact the podcast for any reason you can fill out our online form located at globalseafood.org slash podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then you can leave us a rating or review on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. And if you like what we do here at GSA and you want to be more involved, please check out our membership program. It may be worth it to you to become a member. You can go to globalseafood.org slash membership for more information. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time. Ciao. Bye.